Diamond for diamond, no one compares with Mervis. At Mervis Diamond Importers, our natural diamonds come straight from the mines in Africa and our mermaid lab-grown diamonds beat all others for quality and value. Come view our brilliant diamonds, both natural and lab-grown. Mervis Diamonds are so bright and full of fire, they will blow you away. So will the affordable prices. Our diamonds may steal your heart, but not your wallet. See our mermaid lab-grown diamonds and learn how to get a larger diamond for less. You can get a bigger mermaid lab-grown diamonds than you ever thought possible. And with Mervis Financing, you can enjoy up to five years to pay with zero interest. Our generous full-value trader policy and our lifetime warranty program easily make Mervis your first choice. When you mount a world-class Mervis diamond into a designer ring from our huge collection, there is no equal. Mervis Diamond Importers. For an appointment, call 800-HER-LOVE or go to MervisDiamond.com. Again, that's 800-HER-LOVE or go to MervisDiamond.com. Making the world healthier, safer, and more efficient. That's the mission for IT professionals at Lidos. And right now, they're looking for the next generation of innovators to help transform the business and change the future of work. Excellent pay and sign-on bonuses available. Security clearance required. Put your software skills to work with Lidos. Learn more at Lidos.com slash PHX2. That's L-E-I-D-O-S dot com slash PHX2. Hello and welcome to Film Companion. You've tuned in to an exciting new interview podcast with Anupama Chopra. To catch more of what we do, visit us on www.filmcompanion.in. Deepika, first of all, loved the trailer of Chapa. Thank you. It was very heartbreaking, but also very inspiring. Yes. Um, and as I was watching it, I was just thinking that here's a woman whose beauty has been fetishized and celebrated um, in movies, in ads, in on magazine covers. Um, and, and of course, you're a wonderful actor, but your face is so much a part of your persona. What was it like to just let go of it? You know, Anu, um, I like the words you chose, heartbreaking yet hopeful, because that's exactly what the film is. Um, having said that, as far as the look is concerned and having to drop all of it is a question that I'm being asked and rightly so. But it's not something that crossed my mind at all, ever. Um, when Meghna came to me with this subject last year, um, I was in a completely different headspace. I had just gotten out of Padmavat. I was looking at doing something a little more contemporary, um, love story, you know, maybe like in a Ye Jawani space, maybe in a cocktail space, you know, I was looking for something completely different and I got a call from the team saying Meghna would like, like to meet you and I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And um, I didn't know her too well before this. Um, and so she comes home and she opens her laptop and she starts reading and in like two pages I was like, I'm doing this film. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, like I've, I've found my next film. I've been on this journey for a while and I finally found what I want to do next. And, and then she continued talking and then suddenly in the middle of some other completely random conversation, she's like, can I give you a hug? Because it took her that much time to digest or to realize, because I think somewhere in her head also it was like, we'll try, yeah. you know, we'll try. She'll say no, but we'll try. Sure. You know? Yeah. And she didn't want to live with the regret of having not ever tried. Mm. We didn't continue the narration after that. We met much later on 
where she gave me the entire narration and through that process not once did i think about it from a vanity perspective of what the audience is going to think or how am i going to shed having looked a certain way um i was thinking about it from a practicality point of view like how are we going to achieve this um wow there are so many stages in it so how we, like i've never done a prosthetic film before uh, a prosthetic heavy film before and i've never done um, i've never played a real life living character yeah. in my life before so i had these sort of things going on in my head like how are we going to achieve the look am i going to look like are they going to make me look like uh, like malti uh, like lakshmi or are they going to make me look like uh like dipika who you know god forbid had to go through something like this so those were the the technical things were what were going on in my head even on the first day off shoot vanity didn't factor in at all and it was so liberating what do you it mean it was so liberating because people didn't recognize me wow people what did that feel like it was so liberating we were shooting in delhi and of course the word spread much later on ki acha yahan pe shooting ho rahi hai and kiski shooting ho rahi hai then someone from production or you know like eventually the news spreads and that's how people got to know i was there mm. but any location we went to initially i could just go wherever i wanted to and of course people would look because they were curious about my face mm. and some people like is it her is it not her we're not sure but she doesn't look like this you know so all of those but it was extremely liberating uh because it's been a while since i've been able to just go out like that um i mean i i don't mean it it's not a nice thing sure you know but but the, the that's the that that's the practical reality of um of what a shooting day was like yeah uh so no not once not even on the first day in fact uh i want to tell you this incident where we finished the uh finally the we achieved the prosthetic and i'd fallen asleep and i woke up and when i got up from that chair and i looked at myself in the mirror for the first time i looked at megna and i said megna i feel exactly like myself and she said that's the movie because it's really beyond what we see in the mirror every day and apart from the fact that this much was was different everything else was the same and yeah. that's the film yeah You know I saw a TED talk that Lakshmi did and she talked about how when the acid hit her she said her face melted like plastic. Yeah. Um and just the horror of that statement. You know how did you understand that and then reenact it? Look if I may say I don't think it will ever be the same. You know what what she actually went through versus what i've had to recreate i've had to imagine it yeah i've had to of course in conversation understand from her what that mo- what those moments and it's also so painful when you're talking to someone like that you don't want someone to relive those moments again mm. you know and and get into the minute details of kitne second pe ye hua you know it's it's a, it's a tough conversation to have with yeah. somebody like what were you thinking at that moment where were you exactly at that moment you know so it's like having to ask 
but still having to handle it very sensitively and, and gently at least that was my perspective now i don't know if i could have just been brash about it mm. i did i chose not to do that mm. um but in whatever way that i could get any kind of information from her but of course at the end of the day i'm 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 enacting it in her case it's it's the reality yeah you know so um as an actor and as with Meghna is my director I think we've done the best that we can based on our sensitivities based on our understanding based on our knowledge we've you know we've tried to recreate it as honestly and authentically as possible but of course that can never compare to what she's obviously been through you know um Deepika I don't know if you realize it, but you use the word authentic a lot yeah in yeah. many of your interviews uh, uh, I've heard you say it. In fact, I was reading one where you talked about um, how you didn't sign a film for two years yeah. because it didn't feel authentic. So, yeah. how do you define authentic? I think exactly this. I mean, I think uh, you know, there's that deep, that that gut and that voice that all of us have, and when you cut out the noise and you cut out the silence, you it's it's a very it becomes louder and louder. Um, and I've always hugely relied on that. Hmm. um instinct i have always relied on authenticity i have grown into um it's i i can't say that i've always been that uh i've always wanted to be that but i always succumbed and i always felt like no how can i be this or how can i be that i'm expected to be this i'm expected to be that um but now it could be now i can turn around and say that it's it's the way the industry or society expects one to be or maybe it's all just in my head but the fact remains that for for a pretty long period of time um i always felt like i'm like this but outside i'm i'm being something else mm. uh but i I've, i've found that along the way including if it means not signing a film because i've not found anything that uh that was exciting or challenging enough i'm okay with that decision but tell me the whole year you had no release uh, was there a moment of feeling insecure no not no. at all no it was very refreshing it was very em- emotionally extremely refreshing for me physically refreshing for me um and and the thing is it's not like i was not on that creative journey it's just when i'm not i've not been on a film set that's it everything else has been the same um in fact i've probably heard narrations and scripts in the last year the most in my entire life every day i would have taken at least one narration if not more really so it's in so in that sense it's also given me so much clarity in terms of who's doing what yeah. um, what you like what do what do i want to do yeah. where am i at what are the kind of stories that i want to tell uh, what have i done before what do i want to do now what is what are different people doing um it gave me so much time to just to to just think creatively because also what happens is you we tend to actors tend to get into this rut based on because of insecurity yeah. of having to churn out films all the time you don't have a release next year oh my god how can you not have a release next year you don't have three releases next year your career's finished yeah in the west it doesn't work like that mm. you know and i i am in this for the long run i do not intend burning out in the next couple of years 
and I was very close to that in 2014 mm. uh, you know and so I, I don't want to get into that place again I do um, I do look at this as something that I want to do for many many more years and and so for that I'm going to have to be um, you know make the right choices mm. and maybe maybe this is what success looks like where you can take a year to decide what you want to do next I yeah I'd like to believe so <laughs> no sure I mean yeah I guess I mean it's it's certainly a luxury yeah, uh, yeah but at the same time I'll pat myself on the back and I'll say you know what I've earned it yeah you know of course so, you have so sure I'm not you know I'm not apologetic about it and uh, you know I'm not even concerned about what um, the interpretation of that might be or you know or any anything that anyone else might might say I think I've been uh, you know it it also allowed me to just do simple regular things that I need to do for my life to nurture myself I've traveled I've spent time with family um, so yeah it's it's been creatively it's been extremely enriching right it's been I think that's that's the way I would put it you know uh, it's been a very enriching year for me you know, um, I remember we talked in Cannes last year and you said you really wanted to do a love story. Yes. Uh, is Shakun Batra's film that love story? It is a love story, but it's not that love story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it's, it's, it's cool and it's fun. Um, in a way, yes. I think in a way, yes. Also because of what Shakun brings to the table. Mm. I just feel like he's so good with... Uh, with interpersonal relationships and that's completely up my alley the kind of movies that I've in loved watching as an audience and as an actor I've loved being a part of you know um, whether it was Pico whether it was Tamasha I've loved those sort of you know uh, so this will be and I've, I've, I've really waited I'd, I'd say I've waited to work with Shakun and that's finally <laughs> happened Shakun <laughs> I have to tell you I saw Tamasha again recently and just so lovely yeah. what you did in that film is just such yeah, wonderful it's, work it's it's special it is it's, special it's very very special and your character Tara is just and you did a great job you Thank did a great you. job tell me what kind of films do you want to produce I think similar to the ones I'd like to act in I also want to clarify because there's this thing that oh now I'll I'll only I'll only act in movies that I get to produce mm or you know every movie that I act in I have to produce so there's all of these kind of things and there's uh, no it's not you know um, I'd like to support films and enable films that I feel need that little extra every film may not need that you know like a film like um, you know uh, with Shakun with Dharma doesn't need anything right. more from me yeah, yeah. you know but maybe a film like Chapak that's a sensitive subject needs that little extra sort of involvement and, and um, nurturing. But do you get a little kick out of it, your name up there as co-producer? I, yes, I don't think I understood the uh, magnitude of it until the day the trailer launched and I saw my name there, I had goosebumps, I'm not going it's to nice, lie. It's nice, no? Yeah, it is. I mean, you just feel It is, it, stronger. it really felt like, wow. And also the, the kind of content that I was backing that also made a huge difference. I was like, wow, it's like, it's this and okay, my name's <laughs> up there. It's nice. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, um, Deepika, I saw uh, another interview you did with Financial Times where you were talking about the the uh, startups that you've invested in mm. and stuff. And you said that everything I do uh, needs to have purpose yeah. and must have a positive impact, yeah. uh, which is wonderful. But can it be limiting as an artist? Because, I mean, that's probably not the sentiment that Joaquin Phoenix had when he did Joker or, or Ranveer had when he did Padmavat. Um, so, can that idea of positive impact actually limit you as an actor? What is social impact? It doesn't have to be always something to do with like a social message or something that's earth shattering. It, it could even be something as simple as it made you think, it made you happy, it made you sad, it yeah. made you smile. So, they don't necessarily have to be, you know, um, women-centric or socially risk hard yeah it doesn't ha yeah. necessarily have to be those mm. um, it could also be just a beautiful love story that makes you reflect makes you think um, so I think that's where I'm coming from and yes I mean most most more often than not I would like to be part of these kind of films and if a joker came my way let's see <laughs> it'll be tough it will yeah. be tough. It will be tough. But I think, like I said, I think it's also your intent and where you, you know, as long as I'm clear about why I'm doing what I'm doing, mm. you know, it's so important to have that clarity. I suspect you would make a great bad guy. I'd like to do that. No? I'd like to do that. Yeah. I could be the bad guy. It, the film could have a slightly more meaningful approach to it. So, let's see. <laughs> you also wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about how you dealt with anxiety and depression and you said that you, um, you know, you, you are very uh, sort of uh, clear about self-care and looking after yourself and you said that you surround yourself with honest people. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the key things that you do. So, what are they honest to you about and how good are you at taking criticism? What are they honest with me yeah. about? Yeah. And are you good with criticism? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, I'm very good with criticism. Um, in fact, I feel like a large part of where I am today is a function of the criticism. Uh, so, I, I, I'd like to believe that I take criticism very well, but although that question should be pointed to my mother and sister, <laughs> because they could also again chop me and just say, no, she doesn't take criticism well. And that's again honest feedback. But I'd like to believe that yes, I'm... Um, uh, I'm very receptive in that sense. I'm open um, and I myself start getting bored and feel like I'm stagnating if I'm not constantly thinking and evolving. So any kind of positive or negative uh, feedback or criticism is, I'm, is always welcome. Uh, it could be anything from what were you wearing to I didn't like your sticky slick bun to um, you've ordered too much food, <laughs> any of these things and right up to, I mean absolutely anything. Yeah. The one thing that I'm fearful of is for my friends or my family to say that I've changed as a person. That's the one thing I'm the most fearful of. So I'm always conscious of, um, of that. Um, that's that's one criticism I will I won't know how to handle. I think I'll be very upset with myself if they were ever to say that. Mm. Okay, so then I need to ask you, 
this thing because it, I was very curious about it. You just celebrated your first anniversary and, and it felt like we all celebrated it <laughs> because there were photo opportunities for like everything that you did. And I just wondered, I was like, why was that necessary? Was it fan service? Yes. Because uh, there's, there's so much curiosity. Yes, because at, at some level, I think we are, we, we do feel a lot of gratitude for uh, the, the love and the support that we get from our fans. And specifically with regards to our wedding, I think we were extremely private, mm. um, apart from putting out a few pictures. And um, I mean, we were, even with regards to our anniversary, it's not like pictures were not going to go out anyway. You might as well put out a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> or what, what we think is good, right? Right. With, you might as well control it. Yeah, we might as well. Not that we can control what everyone else was, you know, was the sure. media was there and right. we went to very, very public places. So, yeah. um, in that sense, I don't think we've actually put out anything. If at all anything, we just had, you know, we just had our own photographer giving us lovely pictures. Um, but yes, to answer your question, um, while we, we kept uh, the ceremonies uh, private and discreet, um, the fact that see it was important for us to announce to our fans that we were getting married uh, that much we owe them it was important for us to share a few glimpses of uh, you know of, of our life without saying too much or without sharing too much so I think that's what we've believed in always that you know don't get so cagey to a point where it's because they would be disappointed mm. And w neither of us would want that. And at the same time, find that middle ground where you also feel like, you know what, I'm okay sharing this much. That's also the way I'm on social media. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not off social media because I completely understand, um, you know, I completely understand what that platform means and what it brings and, and its value. But how do you find that mid path between what, who you are and what you want to do with it and, and what is expected of you. Like I've never been apologetic about the fact that I, I am an awkward person, I am a shy person and it really does take a lot for me over the years. It's taken me a lot to put myself out there, you know. Um, they, they get that, my fans get that, they understand that. They also realize that I'd like to pr protect my privacy but at the same time give them a glimpse into, into my private life. So we've always found that balance um, yeah, so there's no confusion at all. <laughs> what do you most want people to take away from Chapak? <sighs> so much. It would be very difficult to say. Um, I think hope. I yeah. think, yeah, if I really had to sum it up and really crunch it down, I'd say um, hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, because... Of course, the film's going to say so much more. It's going to talk about acid violence. It's going to talk about Lakshmi's journey. It's it's all of those things. But exactly like in the trailer, and a lot of people pointed out, um, it's it's upbeat, it's a positive, it's uh, hopeful, uh, it's inspiring. So it's all of those. It's it's actually primarily all of those things, which is why we felt it was important to tell this story. Sure, the film will throw light on. Uh, on 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 the violence and and but it's it's also what what is more important is what she's made of her life yeah. or what these girls have made of their lives after having been through something like this yeah. and that is the story that we're telling 
Sounds like a great, great one to begin a new decade yes. with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Deepika. Thank, 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you liked what you just tuned into, then subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. You can now also follow Film Companion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-through. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.